Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions, red heat and rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Still in Halifax, one last uh, night uh, here in Halifax. We're off to St. John, New Brunswick uh, in the morning. We play a show tonight, uh, a show tomorrow in St. John, New Brunswick. And uh, and then this immersively uh, comes to an end because I'm getting uh, beaten down, man. Beaten down, uh, but uh, still standing. Beaten down, but still standing. Cam Stewart's in Toronto. What's going on, Cam? What's happening, Moretzi? No, I was just listening to you, man. Like you sound like a prize fighter that's taking a lot of hits right now, but you're just still in there. We're we're heading to round twelve, buddy. You're gonna make it. But I'll tell you, no, same thing with me. We're filming that commercial last night in the underground parking lot. People complained, uh, all sorts of mayhem and havoc. You know, Scrovy, right? He just thinks he can just do anything <laughs> there. So now the building, uh, the building, uh, the condo boards all all in his ass. So uh, yeah, crazy stuff last night. Yeah, we we filmed uh, till about three o'clock in the morning and. Uh, I, I saw that text from you. So, yeah, late nights for both of us, buddy. And, uh, yeah, you said it, man. Yeah, you're, you're a trooper. But, uh, yeah, the people in Halifax like the party, Morency. The problem is they don't understand you're working 20 out of 24 hours a day. Yeah, you know what? They missed you last night. We had a lot of people asking about you at the HFX Sports Bar. Great time. I want to thank everybody that came down. Real nice people. Uh, a lot of, lot of regular listeners to the show uh, here. I know April's, uh tunes in all the time. Uh, Craig Martin, remember Craig Martin was the one that um, gave yeah. us the idea for the baseball Craig survivor uh, pool. He was there last night. Yeah, great guy. And actually, you know what? I told him to call in actually because he's a big fan, but he said he's got a beef with both you and me. He thinks we're dead wrong about Tiger Woods. So I got into him last oh, night. Yeah. And he thinks Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer ever, better than Jack. And I said, no, no, he can't be better than Jack. He didn't win more than Jack. And, you know, we, we can get into that debate a little bit later on. But, yeah, great time here. Um, yeah, you know, I'm too old for this stuff, though, Cam. And I don't know what it is, man. Every time I go on one of these trips, I always tell myself and I say, man, I'm not going anywhere for a couple of months. I'm not doing anything. And then basically like four days later, I find myself in the middle of a new uh, adventure. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm not going to do anything. But I got to tell you, man. I look forward to getting back and uh, just sleeping for like uh, 22 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah, it's the same situation here, Gabe. I'm telling these guys, you're like, hey, man, are we going to go do that? I go, I go, me and Marenzi got a radio show. These guys just don't get the concept of like, they think we're doing this like like it's a novelty that we just show up and are doing whatever. The guys, oh, yeah, we got this party to go to this afternoon. We got to meet this guy. Some chicks are coming in to do some more commercials with the ice cream and this and this. It's like. These guys live in a dream world, man. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's, it was nice to get the cash, but uh, 
I'm going to really enjoy my big, big extra king size bed, buddy. I'm just going to have a smoke and just drift off for like two days straight. I'm with you, man. It's been a crazy week, but crazy stuff happening in hockey as well. The Tampa Bay Lightning pulled the Washington on Washington. They tied up the series there. And uh, what can you say, man? Road teams, road teams, road teams, buddy. You said in hockey, you bet the road team, you put units in your pocket. And uh, man, very impressive. Uh, these guys down 2 nothing. they tie it up. And uh, hey, great, great stuff. Uh, you had a lot of hitters in your DFS lineup that did some serious uh, home run damage last night, Marenzi. Yeah, I did. I appreciate that. But what I didn't uh, appreciate was... Um, was that late goal? My big play. <laughs> was, yeah, I got it. I got a, I got a push out of it. So it is what it is. But unbelievable. You want to talk about a bad beat, man? An empty netter with like 1.1 second left in the game it was essentially the last play of the game. The puck, you know, Washington has it in in Tampa's zone. It goes down the ice, and I saw, man. I was like, man, this guy can shoot if he wants to, or he could just sort of flick the puck into the corner, and the game's over. There was literally, when he shot it, there was like three seconds left, and he 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 just lobbed it, and it went so slowly into the net that it literally took like two and a half seconds to get into the net, but unbelievably frustrating, Cam. I thought I was about to hit, you know, win, you know, hit the uh, the big play with the under six, and they score with one second left. Like, I've, I've really, I've been screwed in every possible way. Like, it, I, I really don't know if there's another way I could get screwed uh, betting recently by losing by a half a point, um, empty netter like that. It, it's amazing. It, it really is amazing. Like I said, I must have been a really horrible person in, in a previous life because I, I'm paying the price for it. Yeah, well, I'm with you, buddy. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm dealing with the exact same situation. I got guys from the past. This is just my luck, Gabe, and that's the thing. I, I want it to be a happy show, but it's like more like uh, sports rage and tears. I just make money from doing the ice cream commercial and and, and the uh, the other commercial and the underground, the skit that I did last night where I basically was going to buy drugs, but it turned out to be coffee, 100% Colombian coffee, not Coke. That's the big joke. That's Scrovy's joke. And then one of our buddies from the past, hey, hey, Cam, uh, I'm going to pass by the can tonight. I'm like, what? I'm going to pass by the can tonight. That Basically, Marenzi at my uh, place. You know, outside of Marenzi Studios in the burbs there, I, I got a watering can. And if anybody needs to pick anything up, that's what they do. They just go to the can and they grab what's inside. But the problem is this gentleman wanted money in the can that I have to leave overnight. So it just never ends. Like, I haven't talked to this guy in two months. He wants 600 bucks. And then I got to deal with this other situation. It's just I just made $500 cash for the day's work and I owe the guy six. It's just one of those things. You, I punch and I get punched twice. You get my drift? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you're not the only guy. Like, I'm telling you, I wish really I wish I, to I had positive. Off. Yeah, I wish I had a positive spin on this. There really, there really is no, there really is no, uh, no there's positive no spin on this. No. So yeah, you've got you got to pay the bookie off today too. So you going into the weekend, and whatever happens this week will end up for next week. So. I told you, stop playing this week. I know you played a little bit. Where are you at right now? What's your I balance stopped. like? Like, Oh, you finally you stopped three, me real this uh, time, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I had that one bad night, and I'm not going to lie. Everything we tell, we tell the truth on the program, good or bad. It's minus uh, 375 uh, yeah, to the negative, so usually we meet at five. I'm done. I'm going to suck it up, Marenzi. Give the guy the whole total, even though uh, you know what it is, and just say it's been a slice. I'm still waiting for my Christmas gift from him. He says he has a bottle of Grey Goose for me. I could really use it right now. 
So uh, hopefully he comes packing. Yeah, it's just basically a bottle of Grey Goose cups cost cost dimes. That's the thing. It's not not a hundred bucks. But you said it. I don't want to. I have a wound right now. It's basically it's got stitched up. I don't want to reopen it and uh, get amputated. That's kind of the situation. You eventually have to stop. I'm listening to you. I quit. I'm waving the flag. I'm done. None of the, no more of this crap. I can't I can't go into weekends like this. So it's over. Well, you know what? You'll feel bad. It sucks now, but you'll feel better in a week or so, a week and a half. Like Keep I said, look, it's not like you're quitting gambling. Yeah, it's not like you're quitting gambling. No, no, I'm just going to do it smarter. Don't, smarter. Yeah. I got to go, go see, exactly. go, go see uh, uh, the, the, shame, the, shame of the, the shame of the suburbs, right? Instead of dealing with uh, city shame, I deal with the suburb shame, and I get the old printout and go to the machine and do that. And our friends at my bookie AG, I'm going to tell you something. I really like what I saw with the golf props and the and the horses and stuff. Hey, I, the way I look at it is, if I have a bad week, I'd rather give back to the company that employs us and people that we know than a than a clown that's uh, hasn't given me a Christmas gift in two years. He's been promising this vodka, and I got to give an envelope. So let's keep it within the family. Yeah, and the bookie's not going to give you the fifty percent sign up bonus either, right? It's not you're not like done <laughs> get, getting those perks. Exactly. Like there's actually more perks with betting with you know with of course the, the actual is. books. Of course there. I hate those books and too. Then, like, you know, when you're dealing with these guys, they, they never refund. Like they, 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 it's also a lie. Like a lot of the things they sue. Like, like when you're on these uh, fly-by-night books, Marazzi, like, oh, we'll give you a 15% horse bonus and all this stuff. I do the math. It works out to like seven percent. So, like, not only are they lying about what they're doing, these guys that we're dealing with, instead of people that we should be dealing with. Yeah, they're skimming from the top. I'm not going to do it anymore. You said it. It's the final straw, man. And. Uh, Hey, it's a long season. We got Canadian Football League football coming up. We got the Preakness this weekend. We got more golf majors. We got NFL football coming. Up. I don't want to be in a tank before this thing starts. So you said it, man. Stop it. Cut it off. Get some new guys that like it. The fifty percent sign up bonus, and uh, then we'll start to giddy up and get on our way. All right. So um, yeah, you mentioned basketball. Yeah, when are they playing basketball? Are they ever playing again? Like, it really is ridiculous how long we <laughs> what you know it? we talk about it every no, day, but. It's Saturday night. You said it, man. It's Saturday night, okay? And I get it. You played basketball before. A lot of my friends are actually better basketball players and hockey players and other sports. But, uh, you know, you talk to them about it. Yeah, same thing. It's like, so a hockey player gets his face pummeled into the glass at 100 miles an hour. You know, he's getting sticked in the nuts all this time. And these guys are playing every second night. And yet we're waiting, uh, okay, Saturday and Sunday. Like the Golden State Warriors play on Wednesday, and now they're waiting till Sunday. Like, that's a joke. That is an absolute joke, the way they milk the NBA season. It's nuts. And it's actually stupid because, you know what, you, you could put a game on tonight, you put a game on primetime Saturdays, whatever. Okay, we'll wait till Sunday. It's just it, it just extends the season. We're getting into the summertime. That's the thing. You want to eventually, it's just, you know, the party's over. The playoffs are over. We're going to move on to other things, but they just keep on milking it. But it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not good for anybody. It's something they have to address. Like, it's not good for the players. The players don't need four days no. off. Like they don't want they don't want that long off. Um, if you're playing well, like if you're Houston and you played well the other night, you want to keep going, right? And you know, now you lose like your, momentum. your momentum is gone. And if you're Golden State, you want to get back on the court right away as well. And if you're a fan, you don't. It's hard to get into the series. Like there's no flow. There's no flow to the series. Like, you sort of watch a game, and it's like, all right, I guess I'll play again in three days or four days or whatever. And you sort of forget about the emotion of the series and the vibe and what's going on. You know, it, it isn't really like a series then. It almost just turns into 
you know, these isolated games every three or four days. And you don't get the same ebb and flow if you do with a series. And I don't know. I, to me, it's it's the NBA has a lot of issues. Silver's a proactive guy, so he's always looking to tweak things. But to me, this is something that really needs to be tweaked. It's not good for anybody. And the only reason they do it, like you said, they want to drag this crap out. They have the finals going until like June 18th or something like that. You know, they need to they need to figure this out. And to me, this is one of the biggest things with the NBA. And, you know, Cam, what's crazy, in a regular season, the NBA schedule is insane. Like, you know, the regular season, NBA teams will play like four games in six nights. Remember the Pelicans actually oh, I know. played four and like six. six games in seven days? It was ridiculous. Yep. And then they get to the playoffs, and then it, it just, you know, it's stretched out like this. They're really going to have to address this and, you know, work on the schedule so there's an, an actual flow to the NBA season. Because as good as the NBA is, man, they've got a lot of flaws with this league. I agree. And, and you know, as well as me, when we're covering these things, you cover baseball, you cover hockey. Same with me. We cover hockey. I went on the road with the Stanley Cup. And the one thing that athletes told me every time, every interview, creatures of habit, they, if things are going well, they'll have the same chicken dinner before the next game. I have an af- afternoon nap, 2 o'clock. It works for me. These guys are like clockwork. They don't like change. They don't like, what, oh, my God, one day off and then four or whatever. Look at hockey, two, 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 two. You could say what you want about the little man Gary Bettman. And, yeah, he is a stooge with the, with the rankings and the way best teams are playing each other early. But, hey, when push comes to shove, the product's been great. The hockey playoffs have been fantastic, and I can tell you one thing. I know the Jets and uh, Vegas are playing tonight, and Washington and Tampa Bay will play tomorrow very easily. They stay in the rhythm, and everything's great. That's why uh, people like playoff hockey. During the regular season, it's a dog's breakfast, but everything changes in the playoffs. Oh, you're right. At least it, it keeps the fans engaged. You know what I mean? It keeps the fans engaged in the series. You know, like you said, right? you know they're playing again. You got a problem if you don't know when teams play. And that's the thing with the NBA. Exactly. You never know. You know, the NHL, you can just sort of say, yeah, they play every two days. And if it goes seven games, you know, they might give them uh, two days off in between. There might Maybe be three. Remember they, exactly. Yeah. They, gave, they went from Monday to Thursday once, but it was a game seven, and I didn't have a problem uh, with that. But you can't do three ga- three days in between every damn game. But... And what's amazing to me, Cam, is the the media roller coaster in which, you know, it's, the, it, the media has always upset me. And, you know, I think that's why people like us because we're not, we're not so mainstream media-ish. But the media, Cam, from, look at the Golden State Warriors. They were minus, we talk, talked about it. They were like minus 110, minus 120 to win the championship before the Houston series started. It started to creep up. It got up to like 135 or so. Um, they smashed the Houston Rockets in game one. After Charles yeah. Barkley says it's going to be a sweep, Shaq, all those, God, oh, I can't win. It's going to be a quick series. You and I, everyone, you know, everyone said it. Everyone jumped on and, oh, they're going to crush them. Remember, the, the, they went all the way to minus 500 camp. And everyone's like, just give the Warriors the title right now. So the Golden State Warriors lose game two. And now, instead of just saying, all right, the Warriors got a split on the road, they're going back home, and they're still in good shape. It's amazing, Cam, the the roller coaster and the, the overreaction to wins and losses. So now, basically, you can't log on to any sports site without seeing that Steph Curry sucks and doesn't play defense. 
that uh, Kevin Durant is the only good player on the Golden State Warriors and uh, that the Warriors have a lot of flaws and they have a lot of problems that are being exposed right now. And uh, they're probably going to lose this series suddenly. And then the Warriors will win by 14, whenever the hell they play on Sunday, I guess, yes, Sunday. They'll win by 14, and everyone's going to write on Monday morning about how the Warriors are one of the greatest teams ever again. It's amazing, Cam, how the media just, man, they jump up and down. Like, they're like trained, like, seals here. You know what I mean? Like, instead of just sticking to something yep, and saying, well, you know, they didn't sweep them. I mean, they lost the game. You know, Houston played a great game the other night. They hit 16 three-point shots. It's not rocket science. You know, it doesn't mean the Golden State Warriors are collapsing because they lost the game. But, you know, and the odds right now, suddenly, they're back down to minus 200 right now. You get the Warriors minus 200 to win the title. Yeah, I've seen uh, even on some sports books a buck 85, a buck 90, most at minus 200. And conversely gave the overreactions. Remember Tampa Bay and hockey, 8-1. to one. Now they're favored in the series after tying it up and winning two straight games. These these series fluctuation lines are absolutely nuts. That it's That's the way to bet it. Like, if you got the patience, like live betting in baseball, bet series prices. You don't even need to go game to game. You'll find a middle and you'll find ways to make money. But me and you, we're not very patient. That's the problem. We like the action all the time. No, we saw that lightning. Plus 800, man. You grab that lightning, you have a nice hedge that makes the Stanley Cup final. Steve Merrill joins yep. us next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Time decisions. Radio Fantasy Sports Radio Network. iHeart. I am Gabriel Morenci, alongside Cam Stewart. Although uh, we are about uh, 1,500 miles apart uh, right now, we will be reunited on uh, Monday. Back to uh, the Melrose Place uh, studios, and uh, everything will be back to normal. We appreciate uh, all of our um, all of our listeners of of the uh, the network understanding. Although it sounds okay. Um, but, you know, it's been a crazy uh, week or so. Of course, my computer imploded last week, overheated, and, and actually melted, molten metal in the inside of the computer. But the computer's uh, fixed, so we've been running on a backup. And, of course, backup, then we got to go on the road. And every time I go on the road, remember I broke my foot in Vancouver once. And uh, I swear, last night I twisted my ankle, man, pretty good. I was worried when I woke up. I was like, please don't tell me. I got to go to a hospital or anything like that. But we'll get to that after as uh, things start to get pretty crazy. I don't know if I went to the Stubborn Goat or someplace, Cam. You know, they got great names in these pubs down here. 
Um, yeah, really. great, great time with Andrew McInnes. Great guy, Andrew McInnes, SBR hockey capper, April, Craig Martin, Danny Nova, Scotia, um, you know, Corey from Sackville, a lot of old school uh, HSR uh, listeners were there. All right, do we have Steve Merrill? Speaking of hardcore sports, ready? Do we have, uh, do we have, uh, is Merrill ready to go here, uh, Florio? I'm here, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He hey, is. Steve Merrill. We're on. I'm in a hotel room, Steve, um, in Halifax. Cam's in a coffee shop in Toronto, and uh, you're in Virginia. So it's uh, it's a real. Uh, we're doing a global connection here. And we're making it work. Yeah, barely, but yeah, we're trying. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got. Uh, I've got a heavy metal show tonight in Halifax, and then tomorrow St. John, New Brunswick. I'm already beaten down. Now the real the real battle begins. I don't know how you're going to do it. But uh, I don't. I've got like you said, Cam. It's like 15 rounds. It's like the 10th or 12th round right now. Just imagine it's a five-hour drive in the morning with the band to the next town, and oh, like, God. holy crap! It just. Oh, oh I know. Yeah, I know. It's a young I'm man. I'm probably going to be hung over. Young man. Exactly. Yeah, it's a young man's game. Steve, we were just talking to me and Cam. Last night I had under 60 in a hockey game. And uh, Tampa Bay scores an empty netter with like 1.1 second left against the Washington Capitals. And I know we always talk about it, Steve. You're an old school cap guy, but you, they broke your heart too many times. You finally tapped out. And it actually sort of looked like, holy crap, man. These The Capitals are on fire. You know, they're, they're on a 10-2 and two run. They're up 2-0 on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They went both the games on the road. And everyone's got capital on the Caps bandwagon. They were favored to win the Stanley Cup. The Lightning were suddenly 8-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, fast forward, here we are now, uh, Steve. Uh, Capitals uh, lose both games on home ice. And now the series is tied at two. Yeah, and believe it or not, I have yet to watch a single minute or a single second of any of these games. So it's not like I started watching in game three, as you probably thought. I was tempted when I saw they were up 2-0, but I'll be honest, I just don't care anymore. Like, you know, I see the games on the schedule, I see the odds, and then I don't even remember it's on that night. That's just how little I care about it now. Uh, but you do remember a few weeks ago, and Cam said, no way. I said the Caps will probably win the whole thing this year because everyone's writing them off before it even starts. And I'll tell you what, when they were up 2-0, heading back home, and with either Winnipeg or Vegas being the team they'd face, it was looking pretty likely. Now, you know, it's probably 50-50 if they make the finals. Yeah, Steve, Gabe and I were just talking and uh, just about, you know, good tips and gambling. You know, we talk about baseball. If you like a team down 2 nothing, you get the value line. You know, you turn sometimes a team that's like minus 120 into plus 300. It's a couple runs in baseball. You got 24 routes. And think about this, so even from the hockey perspective, before we get into basketball and NASCAR, think about this. The Tampa Bay Lightning at that point down 2 nothing to Washington were plus 800. Now, Steve minus 165 in the series so i'm just saying if you take the long time i don't really have it in me because i'm an idiot i i like to gamble on everything i like the horse racing two minutes but if you have the patience and the time steve and the money management skills you can make a killing but you're gonna have to have patience and uh, pick your spots yeah and i'll tell you what cam the one thing i noticed decades ago and it seems to still hold up is that um home ice is less meaningful in the nhl playoffs than any other sport um, I just, you know, the NBA, obviously home court's pretty, pretty important. I think a lot of it has to do with the officials giving more calls to the home team, the crowd, um, somewhat influence in that, but in hockey, 
other than the final line change, there's really you know no advantage whatsoever. On um, the travel situation's the same. I don't really think the crowd dictates the tempo too much for one team or the other. I mean, you can maybe make a case the Golden Knights this year have a little bit of a home ice advantage just because of that arena, but. You know, all the arenas are the same, too. Back in the days, you guys remember back in the 70s or whatever, you know, different dynamics. The Boston Garden was quite different. Um, baseball, you can make the same argument, but strategically, batting in the bottom of the ninth is a pretty good edge, I think, especially in low-scoring playoff games. But, yeah, the playoff, the road team is now 4-0 in this series. So there's definitely value with Tampa um, down 0-2 and then heading on the road. I didn't necessarily think they'd win both of these games, but it doesn't surprise me. And then, again, the Caps are still the Caps. And it looks like they maybe are going to blow this series now after being up 2-0 and heading back home, which really would be uh, as bad as anything they've ever done in their franchise history, probably. You know, Steve, I was um, I was talking earlier about the overreaction of series prices and just sort of, it's the mainstream media for the most part, but it actually trickles down to the, to the numbers and the odds. Because as you as Cam mentioned, look, the Tampa Bay Lightning, we were talking about, like, holy crap, they were down two games to none. Suddenly they were 8-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup. They win a couple of games, and now suddenly everyone's going to say the Capitals uh, are done. And, you know, we see it. I, I'm, I'm seeing right now, Steve, with the Golden State Warriors. You know, the, the Warriors don't play defense. Steph Curry is overrated. Uh, Draymond Green's an idiot. Uh, now you see it in, in an all actuality, too. Nice to see where Draymond gets it from, Cam. Draymond's, Draymond Green's mother is bitching about Kevin Durant shooting the ball too much really like this is what we're this is what we're at now like Draymond's mom is gonna start like but she's not like a normal mother man she's on twitter arguing with people about basketball she's like you don't know anything about basketball this is too much isolation she actually knows her stuff a bit but you, you can almost see a little bit some cracks starting to show at golden state here it's starting to become a little bit of a circus but steve it amazes me you know, two night, a couple of nights ago, the Warriors were going to sweep the Rockets. They, they, you know, it's impossible for the Rockets to win. Now suddenly, you know, the the Warriors are only minus two hundred to win the NBA title. It's amazing the um, the flip flopping that everyone's been doing recently, Steve. And in hockey, it, it's same thing. Hockey and basketball in the playoffs, team wins, and I've been guilty of it. Winnipeg Jets win. I'm like, oh, these guys are unstoppable, man, and they look like a cup contender. You know, next night they lose, Hellebuck sucks, oh, they're terrible, they're going to get eliminated. It really is amazing, Steve, the up and downness, the nature of the playoffs, isn't it? Hey, look, I think the NBA playoffs are the best thing to handicap since I started 22 years ago as a you know professional handicapper. I think the NBA playoffs, if I had to pick like one desert island sport to handicap each year, it'd be the playoffs. And I think this year has been as good as ever. Even with all the uncertainty with the Boston Celtics and as difficult it is to handicap that team, uh, I'm still having a really nice playoffs, 20-9 and nine overall. I had the Rockets in Game 2 the other night. I love that bounce-back spot. They get blown out in Game 1. They're still the number one seed at home. The public was all over Golden State in that game, and the Rockets blow them out. So now the question becomes, you know, does Golden State bounce back in that zigzag spot? The difference, of course, is they're laying seven, seven and a half points, so they not only have to win, but they have to win by margin. But we see it year after year. You know, since the mid-'90s when I started, Teams off blowout losses are always good play in the NBA playoffs for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, you get line value. Um, and second of all, the teams are often more focused. They make adjustments. And then really the third reason is the other team gets complacent. And I think that was a textbook example of that in game two the other night in the Houston series. Steve, what about Boston, though? They're one of the teams that kind of bucked the trend. And I remember even though they won yeah. the first two games, they were eight and a half point dogs against Philly. They went outright like that. This is the thing. And 
you look and sure it's not a series until you you know you lose at home but I'm just looking at Boston and the whole damn playoffs these guys have been getting points winning outright money line spread everything and it's a lot like I'm seeing some six and a half even a couple flat sevens offshore with Boston and Cleveland and I'm tempted to take the points I get it Cleveland's at home with LeBron and they have a bounce back but Boston in this situation has been a money underdog, and it's hard to lay six and a half, seven points with the Cavaliers after getting schooled by the Celtics. Yeah, Cam, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago with game three between the Sixers and Celtics, and that line was nine. You know, Boston won the first two games as a four and a half point yep. home underdog, and then they're a nine point road dog. They win that game outright. Now, granted, they were fortunate to win that game in overtime. They also overcame a 22 point deficit in game two before that to win. You got to wonder what that did to the young Sixers. But, yeah, there's no question that the the Celtics have been the one team that's been very difficult to handicap because I don't know what to make of them. I mean, their lineup isn't intact. It's hard to have an accurate power rating. Uh, They're kind of the Philadelphia Eagles of this year's NBA playoffs. You know, the Eagles were home dogs in all of their playoff games and the Super Bowl, and they win the whole thing. They win every one of those games as as an underdog to win the title. (laughs) Um, The one advantage Boston has over everybody else is Brad Stevens. I mean, hey, look, it's time to maybe call him the best coach in all of sports. He takes Butler to -to back-to-back NCAA title games, and now he's taking a Celtics team who's been without Haywood all season, now without Kyrie, two NBA All-Stars, and they're going to probably win the Eastern Conference now. I mean, it's really incredible what he's done with his lineup and how he makes it work. No, he is. And listen, everyone, everyone, you're not alone in in bigging up Stevens. And I agree. I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. But one thing I'll beg to differ, though, is, you know, Gordon Hayward, they never really had him. You know what I mean? He played a couple of games and he got hurt so, so early in the season. Kyrie Irving, you know, losing Kyrie Irving is devastating. Irving's a great player. But I think it's a little bit, I think Stevens is almost getting too much credit now. And, you know, let's be real, Steve. Jason Tatum is a little superstar. I mean, this kid looks like he might be like a mega star in a couple of years type thing. Yeah, you know, Jalen probably Brown, wanted him, you know? A lot of teams didn't yeah, think like, he was going to be the third best player. I know. Jalen Brown is another one, too. I think, and you know who I think, and you're right, listen, Steven's great. I'm not saying he isn't, but you know who I really think deserves a lot of credit here, Steve, is Danny Ainge. Hey, look, Danny Ainge is the one that hired Brad Stevens. And look at sure. all the, the deals that he's made and the signing and you know, knowing that Isaiah Thomas really isn't their guy. A lot of people thought it was crazy at the time. Danny Ainge to me, man, you know, this, this guy, you know, it's like the an unnamed Cleveland Cavalier player said, you know, the, the other day. He said, if Danny Ainge is calling you, just don't pick up the phone, man. He's going to fleece you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Ainge is fantastic as well. I think Stevens and Ainge are both at the top level of what they do. Um, you know, so it's hard to know exactly who to give more credit to for the player, you know, decisions and whatnot. Um, but still, you look at that lineup that's out there right now, Gabe, it's pretty remarkable that they're up 2-0, maybe going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. I know Haywood's been out all season, but, I mean, that team was expected to be Haywood and Irving this year, and they don't have either one of them, and they're winning with basically youngsters. Um, you know, now, granted, they beat a Milwaukee team that was a one-man team, and they beat a Philadelphia team that was even younger and inexperienced. Um, now, Cleveland's overrated. I mean, that. and then on a side note, you guys probably don't want to hear it, but what does this say about the Raptors now? You know, I mean, that's what I keep thinking. It's embarrassing. That's what good. it says. They suck. That's what it says. It, it, it actually, suck. It, well, you know what it, it says it, is it, it why, why they got a coach yeah. fired. <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah, I mean, you start seeing what Brad Stevens is doing to the Cavs and what, you know, the Raptors didn't do, and it's starting to make more sense now. All right, so we got NASCAR uh, All-Star Race, Dave, racing for a million dollars. 
not bad, Cam. The winner gets a million dollars to win the race. I like and, it. And, uh, you know, they can have I some like fun. It. Everybody can really just sort of let it rip, uh, essentially, here, Steve, right? I mean, they want the money, but it's it's an entertaining it's an entertaining race. But a uh, million dollars is a lot of money for a driver to win. So what's your take on the race here, Steve? It's a tricky race to handicap because, yes, it's Charlotte, but it's a shorter race. Um, I haven't looked into the rules. They switch it every year. Um, they do the inversion, you know, the final 10 laps. They invert the field sometimes, the top eight drivers. So we need to dig in a little bit here to see exact rules. But it's very hard to predict who's going to be where. There's mandatory pit stops. I mean, basically what you want to look at is who's done well at Charlotte. Kevin Harvick's been dominant this year. Kyle Busch has been a pretty close second. But the guy that keeps jumping out to me, last year in the 600, the big race that'll be next weekend, Martin Truex Jr. led almost every single lap. It was maybe one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen on any track in the 20 years that I followed NASCAR. Now, Truex hasn't been as dominant this year as he was last year, and Harvick and Kyle Busch have been a little bit better. But when I looked the other day, you know, I saw Harvick and Bush as the favorites. I saw Truex as high as 9-1 to one to win the All-Star race. He was like only fourth on the list. And I'm telling you right now, if he runs anywhere like he did last year in the 600, he'll have the best car. So I think from a value perspective, even though it's kind of wide open, yes, Harvick, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson are all great. But Truex, if he's a little bit higher priced, I think that's the way you go. The format, Steve, is uh, so, it's, so it's uh, broken up into four stages, 30 20, 20, and then 10 laps uh, with the four-stage yeah. uh, winner getting him 1 million bucks. What's that, Cam? Yeah, no, I was saying because uh, I was reading it too, Marenzi. I know you guys are big NASCAR buffs, but this is going to be good too with the changes to the cars too. I know they got the restrictor plate, but the six-inch six high spoiler, splitter, aero ducts. Basically, with the changes to all the cars, we're going to see some slingshots and a lot more lead changes and stuff. So it's pretty quick. Eight, only 80 laps too. It's going to be ding, 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 like action-packed and... Uh, they said very hard to predict because uh, every every year it kind of changes. But guys, this sounds like it's going to be like really exciting. I like uh, the way NASCAR is doing their All Star too, and that one million dollar purse. Sign me up. Yeah, this is a great race to yeah, go to some... as well because it's short. You know, and the six hundred next week is pretty brutal. But this would be a fun race to watch. Yeah, that's the thing. It is. It's entertaining and it's short. And one good thing is too, as, as you know, you look at the odds, Steve. Because of the, the randomness of this, you're getting some pretty good drivers with some pretty big odds that you wouldn't normally get at, at that value. You know what I mean? You know, you can't you can't get a bush at twelve to one normally or an eight to one. You talk about true X. So you get some pretty good odds in the all star race. Yeah, and the Cam brought up a really good point. I'll have to look into it a little bit more, but if they are making some experimental changes, it's kind of what the NIT tournament does, you know, with the rule differences in basketball. If they're making some differences to the car, you know, that kind of throws all these numbers that Kevin Harvick and Truex and Kyle Busch have done out the window because we're not comparing to apples to apples anymore. So that's also another real X factor. But, you know, getting back to guys that have done well at Charlotte, Martin Truex Jr. has been first or third in four of the last five races here in the Cup Series. Kevin Harvick has been third or second in three and four of the last five, or actually three of the last five, and he was eighth in another one. So, I mean, these two guys have really dominated here. All right. Uh, anything in baseball uh, tonight, Steve, you taking a look at? One thing I will say about this NASCAR race and baseball is the weather here on the East Coast. Um, it's pouring here on Virginia. The entire East Coast is getting wet. Uh, Charlotte had a lot of rain today as well. I think a lot of the practices were canceled. Um, so keep an eye on the baseball card just from a weather perspective this weekend. And one thing you'll notice sometimes if you get these rain delays, be careful with those overs. You know, you would think it would affect the starting pitchers, 
but I almost feel like sometimes the hitters get a little lethargic and just want to get it over with when they you know start up. So if you're watching some games, you're handicapping, you got to check the weather as well because you don't want to get stuck in one of those three, four-hour weather delays. It kind of makes it uh, random, just like we're talking the NASCAR race. It becomes a real random handicap at that point. Well, especially for DFS players. That's a um, you know, you, you get stuck <laughs> that's in the lineup. That's what I'm saying, buddy. Dod- Dodgers and it's Nationals tonight, specifically. Yeah, and stay away from that game, guys. DFS. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. There's Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, one of the covers experts. That's the thing, Cam. Heavy rain in Washington tonight. Let's stay away from any Dodger or National players uh, if you're playing DFS tonight, guys. All right, game time decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. That's a long intro. That's <laughs> Cam Stewart. I gotta tell you, Cam, you got a real. We got a real. C- We've got a real, uh, real CNN delay stuff going on. You sound clear. You sound crystal clear. But um, oh yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I say something, and then like, you know, like two seconds later, your voice, uh, you know, kicks in here. <laughs> No, that's what I was saying. That's why while we're doing the stuff, I'm just kind of waiting, and then I'm I'm like, oh god, and then I hear your voice kick in. I'm like, this is great. Hey, man. Hey, you got to think about it though. We got Florio in New York. You're in Halifax. I'm in an empty coffee shop here in Toronto. So hey, I, I guess uh, when push comes to shove, we're doing all right. So uh, hey, we're on the air, buddy. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back uh, back in studio on uh, Monday, even though it's a holiday. No holidays for us. No rest. Uh, no rest for the wicked. Nope. So last night we were at an HFX sports bar, and um, it's sort of um, it's sort of like a uh, mini replica cam of real sports bar. So you know the real sports bar nice in the ACC. Yeah, I think it's, it was designed by the same company that did it essentially. So it's a smaller version of it essentially. But you know they got like a lot of screens and sort of the blue theme and like. Uh, the lights and everything. A very nice place. Not nice place. So, you know, Halifax, very clean city, Cam. You know what I mean? I don't see, you know, there's not it's a lot true. of homeless very people good. here or anything. Great point. You know, or Great everyone's, point. everyone's well-dressed. It's kind of up, upscale. But, um... You don't see lit. I don't know. I'm a magnet for these people. And I go outside. Every time I stepped outside the bar, man, like, you know, word must have been out, man. There was, like, a bald dude giving people change. There's a million like uh, panhandlers and homeless dudes like coming up to me like all night after the fact. Like I said, it was like they were, they they sent the word out. There was, there was a message sent. Hey, hey, hey there's a guy who's uh, generous and he's drunk. He's giving people change. <laughs> so like getting harassed left and right, man. I couldn't like 
I swear to God, I felt like I was on King and Strawn in downtown Toronto. Like I couldn't turn two feet without somebody. Hey, buddy, you know, you have a couple of bucks. Can I get this? Can I get that? Finally, I was like, holy crap. Like I said, hey, you guys are making me feel right at home, though. It's just like the big city, man. You know, people hitting you up for money everywhere you go. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're the Pied Piper of Halifax. No, it's just uh, that city, though, you want to talk about it. And I, I've been there a few times. Like, it's it's for the amount of, like, people and piss tanks and every bar on every corner, you'd be surprised that there's not more, like, burger bags on the street, people getting wasted and throwing wrappers. And, ah, because, man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of drunks and piss tanks that, that are around there, just the way the bars are. But uh, it's clean. But you said it too, hilly. If you want to lose some weight, you can go to Halifax, go for a tour. It's up and down. It's it's absolutely nuts, but uh, I hold on, buddy. You still you still got to get to St. John's and stuff. This tour's not over yet, man. I just want you to come back alive, man. It's just uh, that's a lot. I I don't know how you're doing it. You you got to play a metal show and drink and party and do the night show. I don't know, Marantz. You're uh, I tell you, you're a machine. But uh, sometimes machines need a reboot and or oil. Yeah, machines overheat and uh, melt down like mine did. Yes, they do. Your computer. Your computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Like you said, like the, the the battle really starts to begin tonight. We got the concert tonight. Uh, should be, you know, should be all right. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the trip in the morning, five hours, and then, you know, I'm not exactly staying in the in the, in the Four Seasons here either, Cam. Right? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a small room. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the grind. Uh, the guys in a band are in another like uh, Dalhousie University dorm room right now. And uh, I actually haven't even spoke to him. I don't even know where the venue is, Cam. Like, I don't know anything. I don't know where the venue is. I don't know. All I know is we're playing at 1230. I don't know what time sound check is at. Like, well, this isn't exactly the most organized trip. I'll put it that way. So you're telling me you're in Halifax. And I think you told me before that it was sold out. But you don't know what bar, club, whatever that you're playing at. Like a guy in your band does, but he hasn't like texted you or told you, hey, we're on at this time. Sound checks. This uh, that, that that to me that seems nuts. And um, you figure by now, look, because it is um, it's five forty-seven here too, right? It's an hour ahead here. Yeah. You, you exactly. Somebody would send me a exactly. message and say, "All right, we're we're playing at this time, or this is the deal." <laughs> You'd think, you'd think, buddy, but you told me, I, I even heard the intro for Game Time Decision, like, dealing with Cam is a lot easier than dealing with these guys. Hey, it's a nice compliment. <laughs> these guys don't even text you back. At least I'm trying to get online. We're doing the shows. We're doing the best we can. These guys, you, you don't even know where the hell you're going. They they might leave you uh, without you in the van. These guys uh, don't sound like they got their uh, shit together. No, no. Well, actually, you know what? It's all right. You know what it is? It's we're, the, we're basically we don't really want to see each other during the day, so it's actually probably not a bad idea that everyone's sort of separated and because we end up we just uh, we just end up arguing, you know. Otherwise, but yeah, I, I realize I'm like, yeah, Man, it's nearly six o'clock. I haven't heard back from anybody yet. Yeah, I'm I'm in kind of the weird situation too. They've locked the place up. There's no guys in there. I used to have like. The IT guy, kind of like guy helping me, you know, uh, Scrovy's right-hand man, Joe, his kid, he's gone. These guys bolted on me. So I'm alone on the top deck with me and my computer and just watching people out on front street. It's absolutely nuts. But Marenzi, uh, I was talking to Scrovy. He was basically saying uh, they're opening up. Uh, they're doing a soft open 
John Tapper style, basically opening up. There's this big uh, conference coming to town. I think there's a uh, there's a business conference, an investor conference, there's a marijuana conference. There's like four conferences going on, and these uh, turkeys uh, are going to be giving away soft serve and uh, ice cream. He's like, maybe you get you and uh, Gabe could do the show for for Friday night, or we go do the show here from Friday, and maybe he'll give you some extra money. I don't know, but uh, he he seems to think that. Uh, you know, we're going to leave Melrose Play Studio to come to do some shows here. He's pretty jacked up about it. He hasn't seen you in a while either. He's asking how you're doing. Yeah, you know, I look forward to seeing his, uh, his new place. Uh, eventually, he's going to ask us about the horse. Speaking of which. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know. We might be, able, we, we might be selling he, him now. And the offers just keep yeah. getting lower and lower. Like, it's not even, at this point, I don't even care. Like, uh can you uh, run some numbers by me, or? <laughs> yeah, thirty-five hundred dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> this horse used to be an eleven thousand, like eleven thousand dollar. I thought it was maybe almost close to a twelve thousand dollar claimer at one point in his career. Like and now we're talking thirty-five hundred dollars. He, he was. Oh, was he? Nine, I thought he got. I, I thought he was ten five. Or... Okay. No, it was nine five, five and plus now tax. three five. Uh, nine yeah. five down to three five. Yeah, and, and, and the other guy. What a joke! I, I, I'll tell you, the other guy that sent you the message. He's like, oh yeah, he might be a shady guy. Like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, shady guy. Here's the thing, though, Marenzi. Like, we'll do our own math. If the horse is living, even if he's still under our possession, he's still eating hay. He's still hanging. He's still got a drink of stuff. He's still got a dee Like, basically, he's living in the horse hotel. Who cares? We know he can't run anymore. He goes for a jog, but he's got to be somebody else's problem because at the barn, if he's not running and making money, we still got to pay for him since you know, we, we we have to bite the bullet. $3,500, $4,000. Party's over. Oh, yeah. like there, at this there's, point, no. There's nowhere to go. $1,400 to this guy. This guy's training him. He doesn't even run. Yep. I don't even understand. Like, uh, exactly. like I said, it's a what freaking disaster. For? What are we Yeah. No kidding. Like... Um, we guys, we just gonna get pennies back and just whatever. So, I mean, these people are just gonna fleece us for the rest of our life for money if they can, right? So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I agree. We made a I big mistake. It's a, we never should we have did. gotten involved in the horse industry, or nope. maybe not the horse industry, or at least with the, you know, the team that we were involved with, basically. You know, I listen. There's no ill will. It is what it is, but. Um, this isn't. Uh, this is a story, and this is an experience that I like to forget as we move on. <laughs> I I agree, buddy. At least we could laugh about it. But I will say one thing, kind of like con- uh, parallel to the lives. I'm not saying you know what. There's a hell of a lot of people in worse situations than us, you know. But it's kind of like the way you look at losing by a half point. Me, you know, guys from the past wanting money when like I'm, I had the worst week of, of my life and I got to pay two people. That's kind of the way this experience was with this horse too. We went into it. This horse, people, won by nine lengths. He ran a 152 flat. Like, he was flying. Like, end-to-end, nine-length winner. And then just because me and Gabe, I don't know what kind of bad luck. You talk about being a dick in a former life. Well, I must have been your buddy in the former life, too. It was also a dick because he gets out. We're delayed in a race. He gets hurt. He gets rattled. Training session, boom. Everything just went downhill. We had that one time he, he he ran a beautiful race, and then all the bad luck. It was like a dark cloud just came, and then after that, it was he he couldn't get it back. It was nuts. We're just donating. 
Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? Like you said, to, to run the 152 and like things were good. It actually, it appeared as if though, yeah, it actually appeared as though we, you know, we had a good horse and we had uh, we could have some fun with yep. this. But that that didn't last long. It's unbelievable. Like you said, we go from 152. A guy runs like two minutes now. Um, yeah, oh, it, it's an change, incredibly frustrating uh, experience. So you know, we're not alone on this though. I mean, look, I was talking with Paul Bovey, and I told you. You know, he was involved in a horse uh, that was worth $100,000. Saratoga. They bought him in Saratoga. It's worth $100,000 running at Saratoga. And uh, now, Cam, he's running. He's running as a a $7,000 claimer. Yeah, basically, like, you you look at that story, you're... Yeah, $100,000 horse at Saratoga. You know what that is? That's, That's... Like think about it. That's almost a stakes horse. Like they, they, like the stakes races are over a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred, two fifty plus. You know, you get into the big ones, half a million. But yeah, so basically, Gabe, to put that into perspective, you're racing at like Saratoga, Gulfstream, like in the A in the A races. Now he's basically going down to like, I, I wouldn't, I'm not even gonna say Louisiana Downs. Like he's, yeah, he's at like a a, a track in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like Indiana Downs or whatever. Dude, it, it, that's crazy. Like, and that's the thing. The good news for us is we only have to pay he, one tenth of what he paid. But this, this oh, he runs at Belmont, just in a lower. He just in a lower grade. But the um, yeah, hundred thousand dollar horse told me you know if he finished fourth the other night, he made eight hundred and ninety dollars. You know, so <laughs> so it is. We're we're not alone wow, in that's this. Sucks. You know what I mean? Like people, everyone no, just not. seems to get screwed. There's like one in one in a hundred or something, one out of, you know, basically there's, there's limited. It's, you see the same thing in a smaller horse racing, like even in the, in the, in the world that we're in, it's really like three or four farms that win all the time. And it's the same trainers that win all the time. And it's the same thing, Cam, like with the, the big time horse racing. You know, you've got Baffert, you've got Lucas, you've got Zito, you've got Pletcher. There's Pletcher. essentially, you know, seven yep. or eight guys that are in it. And even, it's not even their money, right? So, but even them, they even know, you know, like a guy like Baffert even knows he's going to have four horses in the race because he, he knows that one of them, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from any of them. But so long story short is it's, it's a very, very select few. It's almost like what we talk about with DFS, in which like 90% it's the same people that win all the time. These sharks and the optimizers and the math guys win all the time. And the average guy doesn't. It's the same thing with horse racing, Cam. You know, you got Bob McClure owns 22 horses. And, you know, you get a guy like us. We come in with one horse. You have one horse, you're screwed. Like, it's it's just you need yeah. a big stable. If you're going to be in a hood for real and have a bunch of horses and have them out on different tracks every night, but if you just have one horse and he gets hurt, you're done, right? And the small guy loses. But yeah, I tell you, people, don't get involved in the horse racing industry. I'm dead serious. Like, you know, unless unless, well, unless you're a real unless jerk. you're rich, yeah, you get an inheritance, yeah, <laughs> and you want to spend. Well, yeah, money if, like people I don't like, yeah, <laughs> it's actually good revenge. Like yeah. if somebody gets in the horce racing industry, you're gonna lose a lot of money. So, but you know, since I like the people tuning in right now, I swear to God, like. Even even if somebody tells you, no, nah, it's just this investment, you'll only own 5%, you'll only own 10%. Look, yeah, I, I, I was supposed to have a free equity of 17% in a horse, and it ended up costing me about $4,800, $5,000. Right. 
Like I, a free a free yeah. horse t- turned into me like dropping five k on this. Not you know, it's it's been a pretty. Um, I mean, I guess I could have wasted the money on a lot of other stupid things <laughs> instead of this. But hey, it you is could've. what it is. Ken. Yeah, no, now we know. I, I think we're the only guys who get free entry, <laughs> free percentage, and we owe money at the end. But yeah, lesson learned, and uh, it's a rich man's game, and uh, yeah, it, it, that's crazy. Like we actually had like. People are like, yeah, we'll, we'll cover you. Everything's going to be good. And that's the thing, man. If, if the bottom line is a, ho- a horse is like an expensive car. Once it gets uh, broken down, you're done. You can't afford the parts. We can't afford to keep it going. Party's over. Next. <laughs> yeah, next. <laughs> and we'll get into the, uh, get some greyhounds, dog, uh, dog racing. They're cheaper. They're cheaper. Like, I, I don't know. The problem, the problem with that is around here, uh we couldn't there, there's not a lot it's it's not a big thing like we'd have to go down south like if you end up moving uh, with your buddy to atlanta i think uh, greyhounds would be part of the future there because like, you know more <laughs> tracks lots of lots of dog tracks in florida you'll get some down in georgia but uh yeah no it's big down in florida. even when i go to vegas man i just look at the dog tracks florida 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 they're they're everywhere in the state of florida but uh a hell of a lot cheaper, Marenzi. We could add a hole for what we put in the Conflict Diamond. We could add a whole pack of pooches. But uh, that's a story for another day. Yeah, if you head south one day, buddy, that could be your your next thing. Greyhound racing. Yeah, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I think I'll pass up. Um, <laughs> I, we don't want like, any more uh, animals. No animals it, race. <laughs> wasn't it uh, Leishman, one of the golfers that you liked, uh, Cam? Leishman, uh, tearing it up uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, Leishman, Byron Nelson. Uh, yeah, Leishman's in my six-pack. I know you like uh, Aaron Wise, too. I'll tell you something. Like, for our DFS golf and stuff, and it's ironic, Gabe, because um, I gave the six-pack, and yet I didn't have the money to play on my ordinary site because I did so many stupider things earlier on in the week. So I am very, I have a very, very low interest. Like, I have a couple DraftKings teams that are doing really well right now and uh, only, like, five, ten bucks on guys that I usually throw 30, 40 on. But I'll tell you something about Mark Leishman, man. This guy's uh, success rate in Texas is off the chart. He's a great win player. Also, people forget, like, this guy, like, at the British Open, in a playoff, like, he, he's he, the guy when Zach Johnson won, Mark, it was Mark Leishman and Louis Oosthuizen in with him. And look at this guy, man. Yeah, you you, you throw a, a smooth 61 on the board with a 66. He's 15 under your pick. Aaron Wise, third. Both of our picks. Dynamite. Jimmy Walker, 11 under. Like, I'm going to tell you, Gabe, you had Adam Scott. He's T6. Like, basically, from the DFS six-pack that we gave and the betting six-pack, we have, like, five, six guys in the top ten. Right so, golf's been yeah, good, buddy. That's told- one thing. We're, we're all over this uh, tournament. All over it. And we warn people, stay away from Jordan Spieth at plus 500. He's now 20 to 1. Mark Leishman's plus 137. It's not very... Yeah, not very good odds. Aaron Wise is plus 650 right, right. now. He and Cameron Babano will join us next. Got at the 22. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. 
All right, level two. Game Time Dissensions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Moranzi alongside Cam Stewart. When I say alongside, uh, 1,500 miles uh, apart alongside, but we'll be back in studio. We'll be back uh, in studio on Monday, uh, breaking it down. Monday afternoon, that is uh, God willing that we get uh, through uh, this weekend. We had a great time last night at the HFX uh, Sports Bar uh, with all the... um, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of locals, a lot of hardcore fans. It wasn't like a ton of people that showed up much, but the the people that were there were all really dedicated. Like, uh, you know, Derek, uh, Derek's an old school uh, listener. Corey Sackville, Craig Martin, April, Danny Nova Scotia, uh, real nice people, hardcore, and of course Andrew McKinnis. Uh, hung out with McKinnis after, uh, you know, he wanted to. This, he likes to party, McKinnis. Let's bring in uh, Ian Cameron right now. <laughs> Who uh, does uh, does a hockey show with Andrew McKinnis? Ian Cameron, aka Babano. What's going on, Babano? Yeah, I'm doing good, guys. Yeah, I've taught Andrew McGinnis the ropes very well. I, I brought him in on the ice, guys. We do a great show, and he's a great party man, apparently too, Gabe, as you found out last night. <laughs> you taught him the ropes. I taught him so the you're ropes. Saying, you're, you're the his, best. Uh, what? What? You're his uh, mentor. What are you mentor. saying? You're his mentor? He's like your protege? Yeah, kind of. Well, that's the way he's talked about it with me. He's like, I don't want to respect what you do. I want to follow in your footsteps. I had someone like that. It was Teddy for me. And Dave Malinsky, rest in peace. Those are the guys that I looked up to. Those are the guys that I wanted to be like when I started in the handicapping business. So, yeah, everyone wants someone that, uh, you know, they like their work and they want to try to follow in the footsteps. And uh, Andrew's been really good uh, in, on the Ice Guys show, and it's been fun working with him. No question about it. <laughs> what about us, Babano? We we're, we 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 like, like that, but you gotta like that, Cam. We, we bring up McKinnis, and Babano takes credit for <laughs> McKinnis. He's like, oh yeah, it's my uh, me. He looks up yeah. me. Babano's the best. <laughs> Babano's got a bigger ego than people realize. I think. Well, we gotta give Gabe and Cam a shout out. You're right. I don't I don't bet on sports right now or a handicapper without them. Of course not. <laughs> All right, Babano. Hey, Marenzi, so, um, we win the part. We win the part. We win the party award for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I party pretty. You know, I didn't go too hard last night, so I'm not viciously hungover, but I'm sort of that cross between tired. Yeah, drank a lot of moose heads. Didn't drink any vodka, uh, Cam, but did get into a couple of shots later. It's not the end of the world, but. Yeah, it was mostly a beer yeah. night, but we did drink some Jägermeister late in the evening. That's always where the will, evening can turn part. interesting with the shots. Yeah. You said it, but yeah, a lot that's of the one thing I've learned about liquor. Liquor, it's basically look at colors, right? Vodka is basically like, you know, a single A, double A ball. Then you go to the rise in whiskeys, you know, they're do- and then you hit the pros with Jagger bombs and then you, you know what I mean? Jagger bombs and scotches. That's like, that's when you're in the major leagues of drinking. All right, Babano. So uh, what, what's your, uh, what's your opinion? What's your take on this uh, Winnipeg, Las Vegas hockey game uh, tonight? Now with the, uh, the Knights up, uh, Knights up two to one right now. 
Oh, it's funny. This series, I had no idea there was a, someone named John Masserol that played for the Vegas School of Knights, but thanks to Don Cherry, I now know that. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> he apparently uh, had another classic Cherryism the other night. Jonathan Marsh is so, and he calls him John Masserol. So, uh, Don Cherry, what can you do? You, you love the guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, Vegas tonight, guys, I think I'm going to give Winnipeg one more chance here. I mean, I lost with them the other night, tough loss, 4-2. They poured it on in the third period of that hockey game. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was excellent, uh, just did everything uh, to keep Winnipeg from tying that game, made a couple of just absolutely incredible 10 bell saves. The one thing that I look at in the playoffs especially goalie that is coming off a immense workload kind of performance. He faces a ton of shots, sees a lot of rubber. I find sometimes goalies struggle in that very next start. They're a little overworked. They just don't have that same pep in their step, that same energy the next time out. I think Winnipeg's going to put a few pucks past Flurry tonight. I know it's not easy to predict that because Flurry's been so good and so awesome in these playoffs, but I think Winnipeg finally finds the back of the net, and I think they're going to even the series tonight. Yeah, and boys, you they guys know hard. about the, the road teams in this one. You know. Yeah, Winnipeg's good road guys. teams they, are like 39, 32. They got to they, they show up. If you go down 3-1 to Vegas, these, this team can smell blood. Like, this is huge for Winnipeg tonight. And the road teams, successful, better units with the road teams. You can make a lot of money. Uh, Winnipeg, Babano, Gabe, I'm going to tell you, they had they had their moments, but Flurry's been better than Hellebuck, and that's the problem, so... All they got to do, if Winnipeg can get the first goal, I think it's a good play. And Babano, look at the series price. If you like Winnipeg tonight, you can get them at plus 180, maybe, because if they go back home, maybe they can get it. I don't know, man. I just can't believe Vegas is doing this as an expansion team still. It's it's insane to me. It's a remarkable run. Winnipeg, what they've got to fix, Cam, is they've got to fix the turnovers. I mean, every single Vegas goal has been a result off a mismanagement of the puck by someone on this Winnipeg team, whether it's a turnover in the neutral zone, turnover at the opposing blue line, and all that does is feed the Vegas transition game and give them a prime A scoring chance, and they've been burying these chances off those turnovers. So they've got to manage the puck, put it in areas where you can get it and they don't get it. Uh, that was a problem for Winnipeg in Game 3. That's something they're going to have to fix tonight if they're going to get out of T-Mobile with a victory. You know, Winnipeg had 16 shots on the goal in the third period of play. So, I think you know, I think their level, they, I think their their desperation level picked up, and I, it could continue. Like you said, Babano. I mean, I was on the Jets the other night, so I'm almost locked in right now. I thought this series was going to go seven games, and I still expect it to actually. So, if it is, the Jets better win tonight. So, I will take the Jets uh, tonight, Cam. What are you going to do with this game? Yeah, I'm all guys. May three's a crowd. We're all in. I, I'm I'm with Winnipeg. You bring up a great point. Sixteen shots in the third period, dominating at at points. I'll tell you, Mark Andre Fleury though has been stellar. Like and even that game in Winnipeg where they scored uh, a couple quick ones, three quick goals on him. That was a lot to do with the forwards not back checking. He wasn't ready. He got shell shocked. Other than that game, he's been fantastic. Guys, we're all in. We're getting a desperate team at plus ten fifteen cents right now and. Uh, I, I, I really think Vegas, uh, they're going to have problems with Winnipeg tonight and the power forwards, the wheelers of the world. I think they're really going to crash and bang. And uh, Babano, I'm thinking you have a lean to the over if it stays at five and a half instead of six. 
Yeah, I have to lean over at five and a half. We've had six goals in so many of these games. It's incredible. I think four of the six conference finals games, both conferences, it's had six goals exactly. The one in the Washington series had more than six. And, of course, we got more than six in the last game of this series. So anytime you, I can see a five and a half out there, Cam, I'm going over the total. you got desperation factor. you got empty nets late in these games. And a lot of these empty net goals are pushing these games to six goals or more. So give me over five and a half, no question. Yeah, you know, Mark Andre Fleury's got a nine four five save percentage in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Um, I know. He's playing so great, but you're right at five and a half. I mean, I'm a big under better, but I just couldn't take that at under five and a half. And you're right, Babano. It seems like every one of these games gets to six because every time there's a six, I've been taking an under, and it's just been push city. Push. Like last night actually it was just so frustrating though to get that push. That one should have been a win. I'm scared of the total here, but. I'm going to go back to the uh, the under six uh, tomorrow in the Washington-Tampa uh, game again. You know, as the series just go on, now that series locked up at two. Got to expect that uh, the defensive uh, intensity picks up and the, the goals, you know, the goals slow down a bit. I'm going to take the under six, but I'll pass on the total tonight here. Yeah, that's actually probably one of the unders that I've liked the most in these entire playoffs is the game five under with Washington and Tampa Bay tomorrow. I like that game to go under the total a lot because now you're getting another shift in scenery, shift in venue for the second time in this series. Now it's 2-2. Now it's down to a best two out of three. I think you're going to see a very, very tightly checked, tightly contested game tomorrow. And another thing that's going to, I think, maybe flip this Tampa series into more of a lower scoring series, at least for tomorrow's game, guys, is that finally these two teams last night stayed out of the penalty box in the last two periods. Finally, we weren't seeing a multitude of power plays, one power play after another. They really settled down, played more disciplined, stayed out of the box, especially in that third period last night. I think as long as you don't put these two teams on the power play, as the power plays for Tampa and Washington, especially Tampa, it's been lethal in this series. No penalty kill has been able to get the job done. If they stay out of the box, that's going to help the under Saturday night. It's interesting, guys, too. The road team so far so far in that series, 4-0. and And then we're seeing the line discrepancy. So Washington last night was a, a buck tw- minus a buck 20, a buck 25. And now, guys, we're seeing Tampa Bay who hasn't won at home yet, minus 170, 175. So we're talking like 50 cents more. I know they're favored in the series, but, man, Washington plays a nice road game. Uh, I might bite, guys. I'm with you on the under, but uh, I, I can tell you I'm not laying 175 with the Tampa Bay Lightning who hasn't beat Washington at home. You know what? This smells like public perception fade it type of a game for me, and I'll be looking at Washington tomorrow. I mean, yes. what did we say after game two? What was everybody saying after game two? Tampa Bay can't generate anything five-on-five five against Washington. Tampa Bay looks done. Washington's flying. Ovechkin off the Pittsburgh win finally has the monkey off his back. He's playing carefree, uh, confident hockey. Well, now all of a sudden, two games later, and Tampa wins two road games in Washington, the shoe's on the other foot now. Now everybody's saying, oh, Washington's lost all their confidence again. They've lost all their momentum. Tampa Bay's got all the confidence now. They're right back in this series, probably going to win it. I say not so fast. This has been a fade-the-public-perception series from the beginning. I'm going to hop on that train again and take Washington plus 150 now that everybody's down on them all over again. Uh, basketball, Babano returns uh, tomorrow. <laughs> it's crazy to basketball. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that. No basketball last night. No basketball the night before. None tonight. That totally asinine. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it kills the flow, right? I mean, 
what what's going to happen one of these times? People are going to be like they forget. You almost forget about it, right? Like when the series is every That's two days, thing. it's That's... easy to to be in into it and read. You know, the next day you read the quotes, and then the next day is game day, and it just has a flow to it. This it's like people are just going to tap out and won't care eventually. It'd be like whatever. Yep. I mean, like you said, it's too long. But anyways, it's six and a half the point spread right now, and. The way I see it is Boston and Cleveland, one of the games will be really close and Boston's going to get smoked in one of them. So the question is, is it in this one or, you know, we saw that against Philadelphia, remember. You know, yeah. they, you know, they, they, there was a big point spread and uh, they end up winning the game outright. Then the next time yeah. out, they make it like seven or whatever and Philadelphia finally tattooed them. So... Does Cleveland have a blowout win in them, though? That's the question. Uh, Babana, what's your take on this game? Boston's been mispriced badly uh, from a point spread perspective from day one of the playoffs, and it hasn't changed into this series. I mean, you look at Boston, what could you get them at? Uh, near Pickham uh, in the first two games at home, and they win in cover with relative ease and pull away from Cleveland in the second half. I understand this is the go home or, you know, this is the one, two, three Cancun spot for Cleveland. You know, if they're going to make this uh, any kind of series, they have to win this game. And if they don't win this game, it is going to be maybe one, two, three Cancun uh, for LeBron and the Cavs. So this is obviously the game they have to win, but I'm not laying six and a half to find out if they win. Not a chance. Not when Boston's been the undervalued commodity. Boston's track record is an underdog under Brad Stevens, not only this year, but in years past, is fantastic. I believe a low 60% clip ATS is a dog. Cleveland's been incredibly bad as a favorite. You put the two together, it's Boston or nothing for me. And the Cavs didn't one, even three, cover one of the games. Cool, Sounds like remember. a party. <laughs> um, yeah, if you remember, they laid four we in do game three against the Raptors. They ended up winning by two only. And then finally, they did get the blowout. So they covered the last home game against the Raptors. But Babano was correct. The Cavaliers are generally money burners. Um, what about the uh, the Rockets and the Warriors? That that number is seven. You know, you tend to think that the Warriors are going to smash them back home here. At least that's the feeling that I get. Yeah, it's a, this one's a tough one for me because does Houston have legitimate momentum from game two or was that just the game where things, the stars aligned, maybe Golden State let down a little bit after winning game one and Houston stepped up in a game they had to win. Uh, if they had any prayer in this series, they had to win that game two at home and they did, but they had all kinds of crazy things go their way. They were hitting threes at like a 16 to 37 clip in that game. Eric Gordon comes off the bench and does what he does. You can't expect that to duplicate itself in game three. And all things considered, you know, you don't often see Golden State laying just seven at home. You know, actually, when you think about it, this is a cheap number uh, on Golden State uh, laying points at home compared to what they often are. So uh, I'd actually think it's a, maybe a little bit of a bargain here with Golden State. It's got that zigzag theory kind of flow this series to it. So I'd lean a little Golden State here minus the seven. Yeah, and P.J. Tucker's not going to go five from six from three-point land. Ariza was shooting, like, what, 86%. Everything everything Houston put up went down. And if you look at the number of seven guys, Golden State coming off that loss, too, how angry they're going to be because we know what kind of talent they have. They act, they might take Houston out to the woodshed and win the game by, like, 18, 20 points. I, th- I actually think, as a favorite, it's a soft, soft number. And what do you think about the total, 226.5? Well, Bano, these uh, games have been pretty close to the number. Vegas seems to be getting it right. 
Yeah, it is pretty close, but I, you know, I've tried to take some unders in this series. It's not exactly worked out so far, so I'm off the under bandwagon here. I'd look over the total in this game, but it sounds like Golden State could get things going offensively. I'm seeing Steph Curry on NBA TV earlier today in an interview say, I've got to play better. I'm not happy with my, the way I've played and the way I've shot the basketball the last two games. That's something that would concern me if I'm on Houston and the under uh, in the next game. You can't expect Curry's struggles to go on indefinitely. Uh, I think that could be a game three on on a Sunday where maybe Steph Curry gets out of the little doldrums he's been in these first two games. Yeah. You know, Curry, uh, 16 points, not enough for Curry because defensively he's not the best player. This is a problem for them right now. I was talking about it with Cam earlier that the Houston Rockets are isolating Curry right now that, um, whatever they basically want Paul or Harden with Curry guarding him. Because Curry's the worst defensive player on the floor for the Warriors. And D'Antoni's done a nice job finding those matchups. All right, music is playing, which means we're done. Thanks, Babano. All right, guys. All, anytime. Have a great weekend. Check out Ian Take Cameron care, over at sportsmemo.com. You can check out his videos over at uh, sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page. Follow him on Twitter, at Babano. Hey, you, over here, you want to win a DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars, too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners, too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You gotta go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. Game time decision, Fred Heaton and Rage, a radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Countdown is on the Preakness. Uh, Preakness, uh, Preakness Stakes, we were talking about our crappy uh, horse earlier, but uh, these are these are the big boys, the real deal. Uh, Preakness Stakes uh, tomorrow, Cam. Countdown is on. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, Marenzi. Um I, I look I look for to to take to have take back in a horse race eight horse race I think Justify gets it done Blessing came on the show and he he was right about the Vegas game that night and we both talked about it that horse is just an absolute beast in a huge field in the Kentucky Derby you know clean trip got it done down the stretch no worries very confident um, I'm not worried about this horse losing till the Belmont. Uh, and that seems to be the issue. And that's why a lot of guys get really pissed off. You know, they bring in these horses that are freshened. They didn't run the first two legs. And that's why it's so hard to get that triple crown. You come in there and boom, it's almost impossible because there's two or three horses that absolutely are healthy and they're, they're machines going into that race where Justify will be a little bit tired. But not in this race. Um, interesting field. There's probably only a couple horses that can beat them. Uh, you know, if you want to make some money, you put Justify on top and 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 maybe hit hit a try. You hope like a big pooch 
come second or third and, and you pick the right combination. But I'd go justify with, you know, two or three, justify with two or three. It's only eight horses, too, so it's not going to blow up the tote board. But hopefully a 20 to one or something else can get in there because uh, who's going to beat this horse, Gabe? That, that's the thing right now. He's just he. He's 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 a man among boys in in my opinion in this race and uh, yeah I think he's going to win by a few lengths it's not even going to be close. Yeah, no one in, I don't think anyone in this field. The one horse you know, Good Magic obviously was right there uh, in the Kentucky Derby, uh, but I think the one yep. horse then the newcomer here is the one horse in Quip. Uh, Quip um, uh, Quip uh, supposedly is uh, is a mudder. Cam he likes wet tracks. Um, it's the, the, um, his farm and he's always liked the, uh, the wet surface, but as we saw, listen, we just saw, we saw justify crush it in the, in the wettest Kentucky Derby ever. So, I mean, the fact that it's going to be sloppy again, just even helps justify even more again. Like, you know, it's not like it's a, it's a disadvantage for him, but I keep my eye on Quipa here, Cam, maybe a one seven, seven, one, um, exacta here. I think Quipa might be your second place horse here. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, and, and you have to go in a different direction because when you really think about it, Gabe, and you know the pools, sure, the pools go up, but if everybody has Justify and Good Magic, this exactor, exact the box, exact the whatever is going to pay what, like $11? It's, it, it's nothing. Like it's, it's, if you're going to take the two favorites in the race, you have to have something. You have to have maybe, you know, the third or fourth place option come second or, or uh, somebody ranked seventh come third, and then we can get a little bit of uh, something. But uh, Justify, this horse will get it done. I, I firmly believe it, too. And you said it. That was a great point you bring up. That that track, that Kentucky Derby, man, that wasn't just slop. That was disgusting. Like This horse is, why do you think those horses at the back, Magnum Moon and Mendelssohn, they got absolutely rocked. They, they they couldn't make it up because you see it. The jockeys go through the goggles. They're flipping them back and flipping them back and flipping them back. You got to be on the outside. You can't be behind horses getting that stuff in your face and the, and the horse's face and the jockey's eyes. So And ju- Justify is one of those horses. You just He'll run a race. He won't worry about the pace. He'll be there right around the stretch and just, boom, just put the hammer down and, and plow through. I don't even th- think it's going to be exciting. I wish we could see some more more horses in the field, but, you know, that's just the way it is. A, a lot of horses, no, they, they, they just simply can't beat it. So uh, we'll see. Belmont's going to be really interesting, though, because I, I have a feeling, hey, you're going to have two legs of this triple crown, buddy, and then uh, things get nuts when they start bringing in the horses from uh, other places trying to uh, rock history. Yeah, it's a small field uh, here. Belmont will be a uh, a bigger field. Um, you, know, you look at uh, you look at Quip as well. It's actually the same owner, same people that own um, Justify own Quip as well. So that's what I was saying earlier, Cam. It's like you know a few isolated uh, isolated families yeah. and uh, and farms uh, that own this uh, sport. I mean, look at uh, D Wayne Lucas. There's eight horses in the race. He's got two of them. He's got Sporting Chance, the three horse. As well as uh, Bravzazo, um, the the eight horse. So justify coming in at one to two right now. It's minus. It doesn't sound very attractive, but the fact of the matter is, he is going to win, and he's going to win convincingly and pretty easily. So, when it's said and done, minus two hundred is probably not that bad. It's too bad the Golden State Warriors Houston game isn't on Saturday. It's the other one. But I personally think that the goal, listen, I think the Warriors are going to beat the Rockets on Sunday night. And I think Justify is going to win the Kentucky Derby. So to me, that's where I'd be looking to go here, Cam, with a uh, a Justify parlay with the Golden State Warriors on the money line. 
Yeah, no, I, I like that option too, Gabe. And I know sometimes we're not patient people, but another option would be take a look at the baseball board. You know what's going to happen. You're going to have probably a couple games that you like, and uh, uh, ho- hopefully you could do some open-ended parlays. Ding, ding, justified. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, could. this game with the with that's that, that's could, the way to base, attack baseball. it because you're looking at justify. I'm just saying baseball games aren't with as the, a sure thing as the, the Golden State Warriors on their home court. I mean, if I'm going to play a parlay, I'm not going to risk putting the, you know, the Baltimore Orioles in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying, like, usually, like, if you like a, a, a favorite, that, that could get it done. No, but you're right. And, and it's just take some patience then, right? Because these races, they usually go off pretty late. And then that's the thing. I'll probably go off about 527 on Saturday. Yeah, you got to wait till Sunday. But. That's what an open parlay is doing. And that's what we talk about, Gabe, like changing ways. Like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with waiting 24 hours or a little bit more. If it's a winner, it's a winner. And it's just going to help your account. Something I need to do more. I find a lot of the time I look at the times of the games. Oh, I want to get paid by this time. Or accordingly, like you go through the one o'clock games. The one thing I did that was smarter, though, when I do like baseball, I do tend to take the games in waves. Say the games are go off at the, a game at twelve thirty-five, and then the one oh sevens, ding, ding, ding. If I like two or three of those, then I put a four fifteen in there because you have a beautiful hedge opportunity. Say the thing, the parlay pays four or five hundred bucks. I can put some money on the other side. That's when I like to do it. But you know what? We, we've talked about this stuff, buddy. Like we say a lot of things on the show, and then we don't listen because we love the action so much. But there's nothing wrong if if something's gonna win. Why not wait a day, right, buddy? When you, I'd rather see money in my account than force bets, and then have to keep on uh, going back to see your boy Shane to get more pay stubs. So I'd rather have less visits in the future. No, you're exactly right. You got to, you got to think about the consequences. I talk about that often, which when you just place a casual bet, you're placing a casual bet, that bet that you're making will have ramifications, you know, five and seven days later in your life, you know, especially if you're betting with a bookie and you're in that, you're in that cycle. But even if you're not, you know, like, as you stated, it all adds up, and it's easy to say, well, I'll just sprinkle on a couple of baseball games on a Saturday afternoon. But, you know, you lose them. Next thing you know, you're in that hole, and it adds up quickly. You know, it does. I think, you know, you know, discipline really is the key here. I mean, if you want to be a recreational better and have fun and just play parlays every day, then, then that's fine. But if you're betting significant units and thing every day, it's what you do. Yeah, we've got you. Know, I think you got to look at the longer term picture as opposed to just. I mean, I've left so many winning futures on the table, Cam, because I'm too impatient. You know, I've told people, they pick this team, they're going to win a division. And they do. And now I don't do it because I don't want to wait uh, the four months or five months. And then, you know, at the end of the year, I'm like, well, I should have did it because I'm still alive. It's sort of like when you're a kid, no one ever thinks they're going to live forever, right? Well, you know, who cares? I'm probably not even going to be alive when I'm 40, anyways. So, you know, we'll live recklessly, but you sort of get that attitude. But when you, when you're placing a bet, it, it affects, you know, it affects things a week later. It really does. Yeah, no. And I'm going to tell you something, Marenzi, look at the situation that I, that I was in and it was caused by that, that exact thing. Me and you, you know, we do, we do the show from Renzi studios. We rush at the end. I was just dicking around making 30 and $40 recreational blind bets, not even really like thinking about the game, just trying to build bankroll. And, you know, usually it was good and boom. And this week it was a disaster. Then, then you think about it at the end of the night, go, I'm not just down like $17. It's a couple hundred dollars. Oh, a couple hundred dollars becomes four or five. Start to get into a zone. Okay. I don't want to meet the man. 
you start to do things like that. And, and that's the problem. It's stupid. It's just certain things that you do. You don't practice what you preach, but you should. And uh, yeah, it, people don't understand, man. Those little twenty, thirty, forty dollar bets. If you have a bad streak and you're betting a million, like that's the thing. You bet ten to twelve games, it could go sour, and then you're playing from a hole. And then if you're not hot, you start to get on tilt, and you're not thinking about. It. Like look at last night after you gave me the, the speech that we were talking about. I actually, was smart about the bets. I go, I like Oakland tonight against Toronto, the Red Sox. You know, we, we thought we like. I actually took the time, a little bit of research. You think about it, boom, and you, and you don't freak out. That's the thing. So I warn people. It's a great point you bring up, man. Just you think these things are like, oh, this $20, $30, it doesn't matter. It matters when you play 12 to 15 games and you go one and, you know, two and 13. You get smoked, Marenzi. And I don't want to be in those situations again. You talked about it with Dave Malinsky. You were really tight with him. He said, bet smarter. Well, it's hard sometimes because you know what? Sometimes I get to have a couple pops and you feel looser. You the same way. You got guys in the late night anger management sessions. Gabe, what are you betting on? What are you betting on? When push comes to shove, though, you got to think about it, man. You can win at this game. You just got to really stop, relax, do your research, and hit more winners. And I'm going to try to do that moving forward, buddy. And uh, easier said than done. It's it's kind of like weaning myself off sugar or something else. You know, you got to find better patterns and better habits. Uh, it's true. It's like, you know, I'll do it all. I do it all the time as well. I'll place my bigger bets and then I'll be like, well, I'll just sort of throw these in for fun. But it's not fun if you lose. Right. And that's the nope. thing. And one once, you know, like I stated, you if you're going to lose money, at least lose money going down on games you love. You know what I mean? You know, exactly. like, otherwise yep. you're just sort of playing roulette. You know, otherwise it is just roulette. Like, you know, Arizona could win or the Mets could win. Yeah. You know, so, so Saturday, you know, my whole point is, and you're right, Cam, look, there's an early baseball. You can take an early baseball game and parlay it with justify and the baseball game wins. You know, you're, you're set. You're already in. But like I stated, it's almost like Lou brought it up, right? When Lou said, why would you be betting on this baseball game tonight? You know, and there's playoffs and, you know, but Lou, Lou's hardcore like that. But, you know, it's tough at the time because, like you said, you want the action and you're like, man, I want to get in on this. I want to play this teaser or whatever. But you just got to remind yourself of the misery that you feel meeting the guy the next week and think, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably not going to win and then I'm going to have to meet this guy. And it's all sort of just to satisfy that rush that you want to get when you're placing a bet cam, you know? So you almost, you have to say, you know, screw that rush. Don't place the bet. Don't do it. Only place the bets on games you really, really like. And I listen, it's hard for me too. I'm not what, doing no, it. Yeah. Recently, I've been doing it more. Like, you know, last night I post, I've been posting picks for the playoffs, but I gave people two baseball games last night. I went one and one. You know, I really am like trying to pare it down, Cam, and just sort of get a couple of games a night that I like instead of betting nine games every night and hoping that I'm going to go to seven and two. You know, and, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but the juice adds up, man. And you're just spinning your wheels, wasting your time playing a million games, and you're never really going to make any money because you're not really just attacking the games you like. So that's why I say I like Justify a lot, and I like the Golden State Warriors a lot to win game three. So that's why I want them to parlay instead of just it by mixing it in with, like, the, the Red Sox or the Cubs or something like that. So I'll go uh, Golden State Warriors, Moneyline, Justify, doesn't pay very much, so it's minus one ten. Cam to do that. Warriors money line justified a win pays minus one ten. 
style, well, it's just like a regular bet. It's two bets instead of one, right? And the thing is, Marenzi, I'm going to tell you, uh, you've seen, like, it's interesting for me because I love to gamble in other areas. And you know I've been playing blackjack for a long time. i got to take the same approach. I was taught it's totally against my personality because I love to be fly, fly by night, go wild, ooh, feeling it, whatever. But you've seen me. When I play blackjack, it's methodical because that was the way I was taught. By my, by my buddy who's Chinese, he says, you know what, you could attack in this situation when you're up, you retreat, units, increments, science. It's like, you know what, you have to stick to the pattern. You stick to the pattern. You're not going to win all the time, but when you do, you have that one or two times where the v- dealer is vulnerable. Everybody's playing the same way. Press, press, press when you're up. Not, don't bet more when you're down. Stuff like that. It's amazing. I take a scientific approach a lot of the time to the, the blackjack that I play, and I'm going to take that new scientific approach baseball, other sports, less bets, smarter bets, you know, and, and, and not take minus 260, stuff like that. You, you throw them in parlays. If you, if you like them, try to get a plus number on the parlays. That's the lesson moving forward. More scientific, more blackjack approach instead of feel, feel betting. Because feel betting over time, you, you're not going to get on those runs or, or a bad one. <laughs> you know that. No, you're exactly right. So uh, check out mybookie.ag. People get a 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, mybookie.ag, yep. 50% sign-up bonus, promo code GTD. And um, it can be incredibly frustrating playing fantasy sports. And, you know, you have a great lineup, but one guy in your lineup didn't get it Didn't get it done. You didn't um, end up making any money. Um you know, straight betting can, uh, you can avoid that frustration. Now, it doesn't mean there's not going to be some frustration in the gaming world uh, as well. Uh, but check out mybookie.ag. They got the prop builder as well. And the prop builder is really cool, guys. So, like, you know, it'll say, all right, if someone's going to hit a home run tonight, well, what if they hit two home runs? What are you going to pay me for that? Right? We talked about it. If you think like a running back is going to rush for over like 104 yards, if the prop is 104, you think, yeah, I think this guy's going to get like 170 yards tonight. You can get paid for it with the prop builder by adjusting the prop. It's basically you can create your own prop, um, you know, and get paid in you know, bigger in, in in the plus the plus money. But you know, Cam, with the legalized gaming coming, I think a lot of people will have to repeat these lessons to people and these these tips to people to remember to be responsible. And it's ironic me telling people to be responsible because I'm an idiot, but but it's true. Just to yeah, remember, as I stated, when you're when you're placing a sports bet, you think it's just that two hours, but it isn't. It'll have a residual residual effect a week later when you have to pay the guy, or you're broke, or your account is down. Like you said, oh, you know what's the harm in betting fifty bucks on this late night baseball game? You know, and then two two days shame cam, right? And I'm thinking, well, you know, yep. you lost your money betting on games you really didn't even like that much. Like, I ruined the summer a couple of summers ago doing that, where I was betting with a bookie, and um, I never really bet that big of games. Like, um, you know, I was going like 200, 300, 150 type thing, you know, CFL, maybe a nickel, and I every week I was losing, and I never really even liked anything. That was the thing. Like, I look back, I'm like, man, I lost all this money betting on Cincinnati Red Games, essentially. You know, just sort of yep. recreational baseball betting. But it added up, and I was losing like 1500 a week with the guy. So, you know, we're warning you right now. With the, the sports betting coming, and a lot more people are going to start the sports betting stuff, don't bet on credit. And just, you know, if you're going to bet, just make sure you actually really like the game. So if you lose... 
you can tell people, hey, I really liked it. As opposed to being embarrassed that you lost all your money betting on the San Diego Padres every day because you're a degenerate gambler. Ready and Rage Radio. Make sure you got the money. Don't bet. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions. Fantasy sports and network. So, what about tonight, uh, Cam? What are you What are you looking at uh, tonight? Let's take a look at the baseball games. Uh, Athletics beat up the Blue Jays. So, uh, Blue Jays tonight minus one twenty five with Estrada on the hill against Anderson. Anderson's been pretty bad. I'm actually I got a few uh, Jays stacked in my uh, my DraftKings uh, lineup. San Diego's in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh minus one twenty five. Ross plus one hundred five. Uh, Godley. Uh, Godley and the Mets uh, tonight. DeGrom, uh, minus 150. Godley, plus 130. Total is seven. Uh, a lot of people like both pitchers uh, tonight in DFS, actually. You got Baltimore and Boston. Boston, minus 160. Line feels a little low, actually, against uh, Baltimore. Minus 160. Cubs are minus 170 against Homer. Go! Uh, Bailey. Cubs, minus 170 with Lester on the hill. I'm liking a lot of chalk here tonight, Cam. I won't lay the 185 with the Braves. It's a little bit too much. Um, see the Houston Astros, minus 175. Cleveland Indians are always big favorites. Finally, they're the underdog here at plus 155. What are you looking at in baseball tonight? Your White Sox are actually favorite tonight, Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the White Sox. I don't think I'm going to go down on uh, that boulevard there, Gabe. Actually, there's a couple dogs that I think uh, offer some value, and that's where that's basically where I'm going to go right now. Uh, I'm looking at Tampa Bay with Snell getting 15 or 20 cents um, against the Angels, Tropiano. I think Snell's Snell's a solid pitcher. I think the Rays can get it done. I'm going to look for small dogs on the board tonight. Other than what you said, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays after a loss like that, I think they come back. Estrada's actually his last few starts. He's been decent. He's actually started to figure it out. Anderson's been rocked. 25 cents seems like a very good price for the Blue Jays, so they're going to be on the card. Um, Another thing, King Felix, you know, like it's absolutely ridiculous. Minus 50 cents uh, for Seattle at home. Yeah, I, I'm going to take a shot with the Tigers at plus 130. I'm going I'm going old school, Marenzi, and moving forward, just a lot of baseball dogs. Just find the two or three that you like, and hopefully two, two in one night, you can make a lot of money betting that way. So I'm going to take probably Detroit at plus 145 right now, Toronto at minus 25, and the Tampa Bay Rays at 25 cents with Snell. And I think actually your Dodgers deserve a long, hard look. I'm not sure I haven't pulled the trigger 
just yet, but uh, what is it? What are, what are these guys like? Plus one? What are they? One eighty-five or something like that is absolutely nuts. Um, I, I'm just looking. I, I know you like some chalk. I'm gonna go with uh, with some uh, dogs on the board tonight. Looking at the Washington Nationals against the Dodgers. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna play this game. We'll try to. We'll we'll try to get a weather update. Oh yeah, that's another. It's amazing. Good, good call. Good the, call. The Nationals have. They haven't played since Tuesday night, and they didn't even get through that game. So they haven't had a, they haven't had a full game since Sunday night. That game we lost in Arizona. It's a weird weird yeah. anomaly, man. Yeah, yeah, that they haven't you know they played on Tuesday night, uh, but uh, the game uh, the game was tied at three and six, and it stopped, right? And they haven't played since. Then Wednesday it was rained out again. Uh, they didn't play Thursday, so now they're back, and it's still raining uh, out there right now, but. Nationals are a smoking hot team, and I identified this. If you remember, they were 12 and 16, and you know, so we're waiting for the Dodgers to go on one of these little runs. But you know, the Nationals were once 12 and 16, or 13 and 2 in their last 15 baseball games right now. 13 and 2. It's awesome. No, that's the thing, and and, and you know, baseball, Gabe, it's ebbs, ebbs and flows. Like, there's teams that. It's a long, long season. You talk about it. Remember your Dodgers, too. When we were betting on them last year, you talked about it. You're like, I'm betting them every night. This team can't lose. And they didn't. They're like, man, win, 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 win. It didn't even matter what the juice was. And that's what happens, man. It's a long, long season. You know the Nationals are in a weak division. They got great starting pitching. Once the bats come around, things are going to be good. And, yeah, that's these are things you have to identify. I know betting on dogs is a, is a great way to go on baseball, but, no other sport. You want to talk about streaks. It's the opposite of hockey. Hockey, one team wins. Hey, they got momentum. Next game, they, they shit the bed. They suck. In baseball, you know, you can win 10 out of 11 games, 14 out of 16 games and stuff. Hey, hell, teams can go on a 20-game winning streak. Remember the Oakland days? Uh, plus, plus, plus wins. I'm telling you, man, this is the way to go with baseball. You identify that team, and you ride the pony. It's kind of like that hot streak at the table, Gabe. The numbers keep on coming up. If it's coming up black, you keep on riding it. Don't buck the trend. One of the hottest teams and the hotter teams in baseball now, the New York Yankees taking on one of the coldest teams in baseball in the Royals. Royals just one in seven uh, in their last uh, eight baseball games. And um, I think the Yankees, I, I took I took a couple of, yeah, I was looking at the Yankees and DFS uh, tonight as well. But the Yankees are minus 180 road uh, favorites. Now, uh, well, your boy's pitching tonight, though. Sean Newcomb, Kim, and you've been a big Newcomb guy. Uh, for your DraftKings uh, lineups in the past so far uh, this year. And uh, Newcomb, now 4-1 and one with a 2-5-1 earned run uh, average. Uh, having a great year. Yeah, I'm not sure, uh, uh, Marenzi. I think we might have a pitching change. I, I'm seeing uh, Whizzler, the Twizzler, uh, going for Atlanta against uh, Straley. That's a couple. I, I think we might have a pitching change in that game. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you something about Newcomb. He's been great for DFS. Yeah, no, you're right. He's been you're right. great. There, like, there is a pitching change. Is it Whistler? Yeah, Whistler's yeah, in. Uh, I don't know, I don't he's know if he's going to pitch tomorrow now. Then. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, Marenzi, um, DraftKings, FanDuel, Daily Fantasy, whatever site you're on, Newcomb. Um, he walks a few guys, sure, but you want to talk about the strikeout to, to the inning ratio. The guy's an absolute monster. He's getting more confidence. The Braves give him run support, too. I remember against the Mets, boom, seven nothing win, shutout. Like he's just been. This guy throws smoke. He he he's he strikes out tons of people. He's still 
at that point where a little bit undervalued, but he's pitching like an ace. So he's a guy that's going to be on my radar a lot. And uh, I love him. You're right. He's probably going to go tomorrow now because Wizards pitching. Uh, the Braves are laying 85 cents against the Marlins in Straley. Um, I, I'm looking at, no, I'm not taking the Marlins at uh, plus 165. Braves are nothing to me in a parlay, though, because I'm not laying 85 cents with Whistler. Seems to happen a lot. I remember one night you were going to take Newcom and they scratched I, him and they moved him a day, too. It just happened a couple of times where Newcomb's spot rotation was up, but uh, he doesn't go. Um, you know, we're talking about um, pitchers here, and I brought it up earlier. Brett Anderson, Cam, of the Athletics. Blue Jays should be able to tag him uh, tonight. Anderson's given up 13 runs, man. 11 of them earned in his last two starts. Now, it was against the Yankees and the Astros, but still. Um, yeah, he's been hit freaking hard. Uh, but Toronto Blue Jays have really been struggling as of late, uh, Kev. They have been. And I'll tell you something about the Blue Jays, Gabe. When you, when you really look at the lineup, and me and you have talked about this before. I talked about it with Scrovy last night while, while we wa- watched. A lot of people were uh, leaving the game. We were around that area filming actually in the underground parking lot there right by the Dolman. The Blue Jays are an average baseball team. They're just simply average. Uh, you look at up and down their lineup, guys like Pilar are off to career starts. That's not going to maintain the whole season. You can tell you, tell you that. They still don't steal enough bags, in my opinion. Yeah, you got a couple good pitchers, young pitchers, but you get guys who are going to get rocked. Hap was better, not great in his last start. Estrada starting to come around. But just when you look at that division, just average, average, average. Boston's so much better. The Yankees are so much better. Um, you know, Tampa Bay's got a great young pitching staff. When their bats when their bats are hot, they're a very, very dangerous team. Baltimore's starting to hit. So it's just one of those things that I was really impressed with the Blue Jays out of the gate. They're like, wow, man, these guys are playing great baseball. But like our boy says, uh, water finds its level, it seems to. And when push comes to shove at the end of the year, I think they're going to be a couple games below 500. They're just not that good. And I look at the hitting lineup. Yeah, you know, smoke can go deep. There's a couple guys. But up and down that lineup, too much weakness, too much holes. Uh, they're just the like you said. They're the epitome of an average team. You know, that, that's just who they are. Uh, you know, they they pretty much are who we thought they were. And they they started out well, uh, but reality reality is caught up. Listen, Donaldson hasn't hit yet though, right? If Donaldson can start to hit the baseball, you know that that would really help them. So um, you know, and the Blue Jays. This is this an interesting uh, interesting fact here. The Jays are now three and seven, the last ten games against left-handed starting pitchers. They're just uh, three and seven. Now, speaking of scoring runs, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks have been scoring runs, Cam. 11 and two to the over in their last uh, 13 uh, road games. 11 and two to the over in their last 13 road games. Yet they're playing the Mets tonight. And the Mets offense is just so beat up right now. And I just don't, I don't know where the run's going to come from. But the total is only seven there. I think Godley's worth a look at plus 130. I respect the Grom, but I think Godley's the pick, uh, the play here at plus 130. Yeah, it's it might make my card too. I don't want to play too many games uh, since I'm probably going to pull the trigger with Detroit at plus 145 and Tampa Bay at plus 125. But yeah, you're getting Zach Godley in Arizona, a team actually, you know, I'm not scared. Arizona's problems used to be, hey, we can play at home and we can't do any damage on the road and they're starting to become better uh, away from home. I'm going to take, yeah, you're giving me 30 cents with uh, Godley. There's guys on that team can rake. I like, I like, I love DeGrom as a pitcher, but yeah, it's, I lean Arizona in that game too, buddy. That line, when you look at it, I think a lot of people are just going to instinctively, DeGrom, minus 150, click New York Mets, but uh, digging a little bit deeper, 
I like the bats of Arizona, and I think Godley can shut them down. Low total, but uh, plus 130, well worth a look. Yeah, DeGrom, listen, you know, to me, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird line. I you know DeGrom's a great pitcher, I get it, but where's the offense going to come from? You're basically laying 50 cents yep. you know, to get one guy. You know, it's, it's not, no, no value there. Uh, no value. I'm going to play, I'm going to play the D-backs actually at uh, nothing massive, but a plus 130. And we talked about it earlier, guys. Yep. You know, you can get, you can get yourself into trouble laying, you know, minus 160s all the time and minus 180s. So if you're going to do, if you like the favorites, I think you're better off parlaying them so you don't put yourself in the juice uh, situation. But if you do baseball, I'm telling you guys, like underdogs win a lot in baseball. So, you know, you just try to always have like a plus money, you know, a plus thing next to a bet that you're making. And, you know, you won't get in too much trouble betting on baseball. Yeah, you, you said it, man. And that's the thing. Where did I get into trouble again, Marenzi? I, I, I fell out of patterns. Remember those nights we took the Red Sox against uh, Oakland? Minus 180, minus 220. Then those $50 bets, what do they add up? Yeah, they, they t- after juice and stuff, boom, a buck 20, a buck 40. You start to go, wow, those small bets as favorites, yeah, they become big bets because you screw up because because the chalk didn't win. Over time, yeah, in baseball, if you're always taking the plus, you can definitely dig your way out of a hole a lot better. You're going to have those nights where you go 500, where you make money because of the plus 10s, plus 20s, plus 40s. Hell, hell if a big dog goes in there, you can really do some damage. So uh, moving forward, I really like what you said about uh, when we were talking on the show earlier, you talk about your parlays and you want to get your parlays to at least even or better. You'd love to see a plus beside it. And I feel the exact same way on two and three game parlays. I'd like to get it to that number, make it worth your while. And in baseball or pooches, once you start betting those minus 220, 240 favorites, Gabe, you've seen it, man. You, you get yourself in a shitload of trouble, man. Uh, you, you go one and three in those nights, boom. It's like betting $150, $200 a game to start the week and then you're cr- crawling out of your holes. So, very safe to just pick your spots with dogs. It's a long season, and uh, those nights where all the dogs win, you could do some serious damage to the book. Yeah, and here's uh, here's what I'm talking about, too, because I actually like John Lester tonight. I like Lester, and I do think the Cubs are going to beat the Reds tonight, and I think the Yankees are going to beat the Royals. But I don't really want to lay minus 170 on the road, and I don't want to lay minus 180 on the road. Parlay it together, 147 parlay. It's not bad, man. Plus 147. For for the Cubs and the Yankees, two two games that really could win. I mean, I got Lester on the hill against Homer Bailey. And uh we've got uh, CC Sabathia going for the uh going for the Yankees here tonight. Yeah, you got Sabathia against Junis. Um Tampa uh the Kansas City Royals with cheese, man. They've just been very disappointing. Up and down their lineup. You look at it like other than Sal Perez with some power. Whit Merrifield, he'll do some things, but man, they suck. Like Kansas City's a team that's really taken a step back. They're one of the they're very, very bad baseball team. Yankees, on the other hand, they got the murderers, row of hitters, and CC Sabathia has been a lot better. So yeah, at 180, it actually seems like a, a a pretty good price. And then you said it, Lester, the Cincinnati Reds, a little bit better, but they're still the Cincinnati Reds. And you got the a Cubs team on the road, and I like the fact that both of those teams are road teams because if they were at home, it would be minus 250. And minus 280 instead of minus 180 and minus 170. Then you put them together, you get a plus price, and uh, you get, uh, I, I, yeah, I love that situation, Marenzi. I'm going to tell you, when I take those favorites or whatever, you, you want to do it more on the road than at home because at home you're not going to get a, lo- a lot of line value. I'd rather, uh, you know, shave the 50, 60 cents and uh, get a better number. 
All right, Cam. So um, Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets. We talked about it with Ian Cameron, Babano. You and I talked about it. We all we're all on the Jets here, but this is it for them, right? I mean, they they lose this. I don't see them really coming back from being down three games to one after this. So we should get the the, the peak, the best that the Jets can bring. Hellebuck's got to be better, man. The last two games he's been shaky, Cam. It's, it, you know, I hate to simplify it, but Hellebuck's got to really play well tonight for them to win. And if Winnipeg can get that early first goal, I think it'll calm them down. And um, But I tell you, this, this is a critical, critical game. I know the term must win is tossed around loosely, but this really is a must win for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Oh, you're not simplifying anything. The, the thing that I laugh about hockey is all these guys. They got six guys on the panel. It's probably the easiest sport to, to, to really break down compared to other sports. They talk about it like it's rocket science. Yes, the Vegas Golden Knights at their line wheeler, they got to hit these guys. Their big power forwards got to bury them. And they got, you said it, they got to score the first goal. If Vegas did what they did last game with Marcheseau watching in there, walking in there, making Hellebuck look like a big fat pylon and scoring a goal, one nothing, and you get that crowd erupting again, they're done. Winnipeg has to go in there, calm the crowd down early, get a cheesy, cheesy goal, one or two nothing, boom, get that Vegas crowd nervous out of the game and do exactly what they did to Nashville. Remember that game, Gabe? They scored early, boom. It was like Nashville after that, they were rattled. You knew it was over, that type of situation. I can't see the Jets going down three to one in the series. So I'm going to take them, buddy, plus 115. I'm, I'm, we're all together, me, you, Babano, plus 115 with the Jets. I'm going to have a half unit play on the over Five and a half. I could see some goals there, even an empty netter. I think Winnipeg can get the flurry tonight. MLB baseball, Gabe. I'm going to take the Toronto Blue Jays at minus 125. All the rest, dogs. Detroit plus 145. And Tampa Bay plus 125. Half unit play. I'm going to ride your wave with the Snakes in Arizona. If that Dodgers game is going to go later, I might take a look at the Dodgers at plus 185. We both like justify in the preakness. Marenzi, what do you got for me on the Friday clock, buddy? Uh, I'm going to play that parlay. I'm going to play that parlay. Uh, Chicago Cubs, New York Yankees, uh, plus 147. Um, other Major League Baseball picks. Give me the uh, Boston Red Sox. A little bit of chalk there. Boston Red Sox at minus 160. Uh, but we'll counter that because we got the uh, the D-backs at plus 130. So we got a plus 147 bet, a plus 130 bet, and a minus 160 bet. So that's that's not too bad. I mean... Sort of 60 cents is sort of the cutoff that I'm willing to go to. So, uh, yeah, I parlayed the Cubs and the Yankees, taking the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I've got uh, Arizona Diamondbacks plus 130. And uh, I'm going to play the Winnipeg Jets as well. Cam, when you're off to, uh, off to Oakley. You got it, buddy, and I'll see you on Monday, man. Uh, have a good one and good luck with your concert tonight. Shred, man. See you soon. Thanks, bro. We'll see Cam on uh, Monday back in studio. I'll be back in studio. I'll be back to, to normal.